Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Daily Christian Baker Psychic Hour. Uh, here we are today, Friday, two days before Christmas, and it's what the fifth day of Hanukkah. Is that right? Because Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. So. Yeah, you know it's weird because uh, different calendars show different start date of Hanukkah. I have one calendar that said it was Sunday, and another that said Monday. So, anyway, um, our call-in number. For those who are listening and may want to speak with us, 914-338-0164, please do press 1 if you'd like to speak with us. And callers and listeners may join us on Facebook and Twitter. Those accounts are linked on our Block Talk Radio profile, Neil and Kristen Baker Psychic, where you may follow us as well. And, of course, we are approaching the end of the year. We get billed, donations. We've talked about it. Yes, please contact us if you'd like to donate to the show. $5 is a cup of coffee at Starbucks. I hope none of you go there. But anyway, (laughs) not my choice of coffee, actually. You know, on the last show, I have two things that I want to say. Um, You mentioned pomegranates. Yeah. And pomegranates, I was trying, it was jogging my memory. And actually, there was a recipe in the LA Times for um, latkes with, with, um, with pomegranates, and it was a Sephardic Jewish recipe. It was like a sweet potato latke with pomegranates, and it looked delicious, but, of course, pomegranates are such a hassle to cook with. Oh, yeah. They're messy, and, I mean, you have to, like, you know, hammer them open, and they're really beautiful. And of course, the color is beautiful, and I love the juice. I, I like pomegranate, yeah, actually. It's a messy fruit. It really is. It's a messy fruit. But the other thing I wanted to say is, you know, we were talking about racism and bigotry and, and, and um, you know, I didn't want to give the wrong impression in any case that there is racism or bias. I think action should be taken, whether you're black, whether you're Jewish, whether you're Chinese. But we had an experience I just want to quickly relay, and this is part of the basis for my opinion, but we visited a local Chinese restaurant regularly um, several years ago. It was a place you'd gone for many years prior to us meeting Neil. But, um, and it was a really good Chinese restaurant, but it had a religious name. And in the, in the menu, it had, I don't know why you hadn't read the menu before, but we both started reading the menu and it, it was this um, narrative about how the Jews were, uh, what it, ultimately what it said was the Jews were abandoned by God. 
And uh, we were both very offended. Uh, I mean, can you imagine in another type of restaurant saying that, you know, African-Americans were abandoned by God and that's why they were sold into slavery. I mean, this is essentially what it was saying about Jews. And when we called the Anti-Defamation League, nothing happened. And it's funny, you were reading today from the newspaper, um, you were saying that at the Oscars, now they're not going to say it's gender bias to say best, best actor or best actress. And here in a restaurant, they're disseminating misinformation about what happened. God, first of all, the Jews were God's chosen people. He did not abandon the Jews. And I mean, to me, that should have been a major, a major um, offense. And it should have been rectified. What they they advised us to do, oh, well, why don't you write a letter to the restaurant? They did nothing. Jews defending Jews, nothing. Yeah, I, uh, I mean, there's, you know, they, you get into a matter of uh, free speech and yeah, I understand what they that. Want to put on there, uh, and there is some allusions that they might support in terms of historical significance, which doesn't absolutely involve clear abandonment, um, and so it, it becomes a, a debate. Could they have gotten involved? Probably. Well, and in this day and age, in this day and age, I think there would be more involvement had we reported it now. And I don't know what the menu says because we don't really patronize the restaurant anymore. Not not because of that, but because they have a fish tank, which is well, that absolutely disgusting. Well, distance us, yeah, ourselves. But we had read. But we returned after that. The same thing about blacks or Muslims or Buddhists. We would have been been offended. just as much but that's the thing like i mean can you say that i mean is that free speech it can do you think like a southern pit barbecue restaurant you know talking about slavery and 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 african americans being abandoned by god i mean obviously historically that's not how it went but you know you can say anything apparently and get away with it at least at that time. Yeah, it, it runs a fine line. If we were to take out every bit of prejudice, bigoted language from novels and short stories, that's, poetry. That's the thing, though. Artistically speaking, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm in favor of pure free speech, especially if you're depicting a character, and now you know the demanding. Uh, kill a mockingbird and just uh, well, even Dr. Seuss books are being banned. Yeah. I mean, it's been it's 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 really out of control. So it's surprising in light of this. I mean, I think now had we reported it, it would have been different. But I also think if it had been if this had been another ethnic group, more would have been done. Would the NAACP have done more than the Anti-Defamation League? I think so. I mean, I think so. they, they used to have a black cook in, a, in the white cook uniform holding a, a bottle of, a, a bowl of steaming cream of wheat. That's gone. So is Aunt Jemima. That used to be, a, to me, that, was a, that wasn't a, a part of bigotry or subservient or slavery. It was just, to me, it was a very heartwarming uh, close connection, and whenever I saw that box when I was a kid, I, I I felt close to it. You know, I never equated it with um, that 
it, it was now stereotyping the black and insulting the black. It, it just was a symbol. Same with Aunt Jemima. And wasn't Aunt Jemima a real person? Yeah. So they've essentially stripped that woman of all her honor of being on a box because people might be offended that, that, that it's racist to have right. a black woman on a box of pancakes. Right. What the hell? She, that, was, that was probably an achievement for her. If I, I was mean, on maybe, a box of pancakes, God you know, and I was because, a cook. Uh, now on all Christmas cards, you have Santa Claus. You have Jesus. Except in certain settings, um, the apostles, you have the reindeers. I mean, maybe we should get rid of that. It doesn't, it, it, it doesn't, uh, I don't think it commands the, the, the extent of censorship that it has been established. We've gotten rid of so many of our uh, history, so much of our history, so much of our art and culture due to the fact that we might be offending somebody, it, it becomes a political upheaval. And it hated, the, the hatred involved in any kind of cemetery uh, or any kind of prejudice or biasness or attack on a culture. But, you know, I mean, Indians with their cigars outside of tobacco shops, it... It, it, it does tend to restrict the human existence. But again, I, you know, we, 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 start, we tend to lose something at the same time that we homogenize everything into a concept that we, in terms of having their differences, maybe there will be uh, a cultural prejudice because there are those differences but we let's face it we're all different and we should honor that well and, and whether you know we have a, a a black person you know representing cotton or a black person representing a rifle in the civil war or a, a book uh, you know the intellectual the great intellectual blacks it, it it all comes under the same heading that there's a diversity of cultures, and you know, I think we should honor it, but stay clear of pure bigotry and hatred. Right, exactly. And so, I think historically, I, there are novels that are maybe offensive in some way because of the time and era in which they were written, and there's language in there that is is wouldn't be what isn't language that is used commonly today. However, it's part of history, it's part of art, and it should be restored uh, or retained. Um, however, I think writing in a menu, God of the Jews, qualifies this type of protection. And I think that's where my confusion lies about how that, if, how that was handled. And that's my two cents. Yeah. You know, I, I just, like I said, I think if it was another ethnic group being slighted, um, it would have been handled differently by a different agency. I don't think, you know, the, the, you know, as a patron, you should have to write a letter saying this is offensive language and call. I, I just don't. Well, it gets really weird. I mean, you, you know, the Jews in bondage being expelled from. We go, all right. Now we turn to our typical King James Bible 
and we have Satan being expelled from heaven. Um, you know, and then and taking all his legions, all his all his crew with him. And so there seems to be, at least in biblical literature, a sense of expulsion, a sense of that there are opposites that we cannot accept, that we have to get rid of, that we have to condemn, and put a mark on them. Exactly. So exactly. You know, you have to get you have to get out of the human consciousness, whether it's induced by some sort of spiritual writing or whether it's induced by some sort of indoctrination or, or, or essay or editorial or tract about how we are different and how differences must mean something negative. I think in the realm, even in the realm of uh, heaven, it's conditional. Now, supposedly, according to Christians, you can't get in unless you, you, accept you have Christ. accepted Christ. You can't get in. You're barred from it, but yet God is all loving. So there's all these wonderfully nasty connotations that get that gets mixed up into the concept of of universal energy. So then we get into the idea. Well, we're not going to say God. We'll say the Creator, and the Creator respects all living things. All right. So we've changed the the noun to Creator respecting all living things. And now we've come to a softer degree of of accepting the element of differences. But even in the in the American Indian tribe, there were warring tribes and territorial divisions. And yet within their tribal concept they did believe in the unity of the universe. They had their own specific tribal consciousness. Were there peaceful tribes? Yeah, there were peaceful tribes. There were there were food gatherers that meant no harm to anybody, and generally they were more or less wiped out. They were easy prey, conquered. So you know we don't. It, no matter how much we express unity and how much we think that Christmas has come around so we can all gather around the manger and give thanks to God and have a silent night, the reality is we don't live in that world. It, it takes a holiday for us to sort of break apart from the mold and think about things. We need those holidays to keep us from being, from being non-human. But the essence of existence is existence itself. Everything has a right to exist. And unfortunately, that includes the KKK, the Nazis, communists, pedophiles. You know, we get into an idea that once we start drawing the line, we get into a we get into a rational discussion that we don't know when it stops. Now, that doesn't mean that we, you know, protect life, liberty, and justice for all. So there's a form of protection and containment. Right. So and that's then we why... we get into the idea of whether well, there should yeah, be a death, death penalty. penalty. Here's exactly where I was going when you mentioned pedophiles because, you know, start to get into um, murderers and whether they have a right to exist or not because they've taken a life and obviously our judicial system... Judicial system 
um, has deemed some criminals not to be well, not to have the right to live. And, and in some states, well, let me just finish. In some states, <laughs> the executions are extremely common. And in other states like California, there's a moratorium on executions. Anyway, <coughs> what are you going to say? The first capital punishment is in the Garden of Eden, according to Lord. Uh, because the, the minute you eat this fruit, now you just eat fruit, you will surely die. Now, is that any different from uh, the, the, the black bigot saying, the minute you, you eat of my apple tree, boy, you will surely die? You know, it, where, where do we draw the line of a welcoming energy? Even Christ said, you know, you can't, you're not getting in unless you believe in me. Forget it. I won't, I won't recognize you. I won't hear you. I mean, how, well, then when what happens do we go to the, in the universe yeah, and what we can happens, escape into some form of total freedom what happens, without consequence? And what happens to God's chosen people then? The God's chosen people don't recognize Christ as their Savior. I mean, that's the truth. Yeah. The Jews don't recognize Christ as their Savior. And yet, you know, if a Jew doesn't believe in Christ, they're condemned. And if they do, the, the totality of their essence is doubled because now they're both Jew and Christian. There, and there are, there are Christian Jews. Yeah. There are Christian Jews. There's so, a whole sect of Christian sure. Jews. But. So we get into this element. I, it, on a personal level, I've experienced duality in the astral realm. Now, now the degree to which I've traveled in the astral realm may not be the highest level. And, and in my experience, I've seen higher levels, but I haven't been there. But I've seen them from afar. It's like looking at a planet. And I know that those elements were something that I quite couldn't attain in the, from, from, from my physical point of the astral realm. And, and, I've, and I've seen angels and energies from higher elements briefly, and the the communication was was almost non-existent in terms of language. It was it was it wasn't even existent in terms of vibration. It was just overwhelming, I, you know. But they say that Moses couldn't even look at God in in the quote eye because it was too much. He had to be shielded. So the idea that the higher we get into the into the action and formation of existence, the less these things seem to matter. We're a crude animal on this planet, and our our levels of intelligence may be impressive according to worldly concepts, and maybe even higher intellectual quality. But we're still still crude animals walking on a planet without any awareness of what it is to be in the highest spheres of existence. So we hold our prejudices, we hold our anger, we hold our, you know, then we hold our anger and then we make a lot of money out of anger management. You know, we'll have to manage that anger. You'll need to go to anger management for that one. And, and then we just loop it around and around and around and around. What's the point of all this? The point of all of this is that even in our feeble, humble, crude attempt to carry on twice a week an hour radio show 
where we're trying to help people connect to the other side, make these comments and observations, give people some hope for the future, explain the present. It's all rather trivial. It's all rather trivial in the long run. We know it, but we do our best to express the, the firmest attitude we can to be helpful and to be as to give human beings some advantage over life and death and the meaning of it. So on this Christmas day uh, or Christmas holiday, uh, Hanukkah holiday, whatever it, it is, our attempt to maybe we don't delight everybody, you know, we don't soften the eardrums with you know carols. But what we do is we try to we could stay, <laughs> we try to stay um, presentable to the idea of discussion, and we always welcome opposing opinions and things like that. Yeah, but gen- I mean, generally, generally, we don't get into discuss. I mean, we, this is not a dis- discussion. I, people don't really want to talk about spiritual. You know, their personal lives, getting a message from spirit in regard to, you know, someone connected to them um, and what's going on in their sphere of consciousness. So, you know, we don't get a lot. I mean, generally, we don't get a lot of feedback when we have these discussions. You know, we were watching a um, we were watching a special on John Belushi. And the thing that most impressed me about the entire special was one comment that was made. And Jane Curtin Curtin said, I don't know how you have the guts to go on stage and do what you do. I don't know how you manage that kind of, no fear, you just go on stage and you do whatever you want to do and you have no fear no nervous, nothing. And John Belushi's reply is, I don't know how you manage life, the real world, without fear. Being on stage to me is easy. Well, I have a problem with life, managing life. That to me was, took the whole special to a different um, stage in spite of, you know, his talent and, and his craziness and his invention. He also... Um, brought out some bearing of truth when he admitted that he wasn't an actor. He, he would call other people great actors, and they would say, well, you're an actor, too. And he goes, no, I'm a skit artist. Yeah, but he, but they did say that he had the potential to be a great actor. Unfortunately, it didn't sure. never manifest. It didn't manifest. I mean, the movies anywhere he tried to be, conventional actor, Cottonwood Divide and Neighbors, completely flopped. But he was, you, I mean, he, he, I, you, his capacity to be a dramatic actor was, is apparent in his, oh, yeah. you know, it's, it's there, but his, he was absolutely tortured and every photograph that I saw of him reflected that torture. I mean, he truly was suffering. So, I mean, it's not surprising that his escape was performance. And being on the stage was easier than him handling everyday life. Became, you know, difficult family background. His his parents were immigrants, and I think the mother suffered from bipolar depression, and so he never. 
no, I think it was the mother. And well, they both were depressed, but I, one of them was bipolar. I, I, maybe it was the father. I don't know. But um, but anyway, that that's what struck me most about the documentary is that every single picture I saw of him, even smiling, his eyes had this vacancy. So. Yeah, there's, um, you know, there's, there's a general drive to want to be loved. And he found not only in the frenzy of being on stage and skits and being crazy, that there was this idea that he was accepted and loved and applauded. And I think he had a, a very deep need of being accepted and, and, um, Acknowledged. I think it became a, a drug to him. Um, yeah, there was a question said, asked to him, what's your favorite drug? And he paused. He paused. I thought he was going to say work because he was a workaholic. But he said, I- I'm not going to answer, answer that, that question. question. Uh, but John Belushi uh, was a workaholic. He worked. He did. He was multi-leveled work. And he also wrote, his letters were also intimately personal in terms of his uh, discrepancies of of balance and complacency. He was a tortured man who felt very low about himself, very low self-esteem. You know, interestingly, when he started Saturday Night Live, Chevy Chase was the star. And where John Belushi came from, he was used to being the main main attraction so he had a real problem in the yeah. beginning years of saturday night live because of his it, it, he wasn't the he the wasn't the star, star and he was very you know competitive yeah, it, with chevy he chase needed that, he needed that priority of attention or else he felt like he was disappearing he was drowning so behind behind the the, the jealousy was a sense of the lack of identity and that was I think John Belushi's problem. And it became so deep that even in spite of his true love for a single woman, uh, more or less, he couldn't get over his his disease and his severe cocaine slash heroin addiction. Well, and sadly, you know, he died very similar to the way Chris Farley died. They're really, I mean, what happened with Chris Farley is that he was with a prostitute, I believe, who ended up leaving him by himself when he was obviously at risk for, you know, he was not in good shape being on drugs. And the same thing happened with, with John Belushi, the woman injected him. And it's interesting because there were many stars with him prior to his death, Robert De Niro, I believe uh, Robin Williams, but this woman, Kathy Smith was his drug dealer and was the one to inject him and a writer from Saturday Night Live with speedballs, with speedballs, and um, which is a mix of heroin and cocaine. And apparently, she asked her to stay with him. It was like nine in the morning, and she said his breathing was labored. And uh, and and she woke him up and said, "Are you okay?" And he said, "Yes, but don't leave me. Just don't leave me." Instead of staying with him, she went and ran errands. And then his friend came and found him dead. So, I mean, she was disgusting and evil. 
but same same circumstances, similar circumstances, abandoned by you know someone who is supposed to be watching out for him, Chris Farley and John Belushi, both tragic deaths. Yeah, we get into a I don't know if it's considered tribal. But we get into a uh, issue of how there are groupings of people who tend to fall under, obviously, um, cryptic circumstances, you know, and then we get into Martin Luther King and Robert Kennedy and Bobby Kennedy and Edward Kennedy. So the, the idea that sometimes there's a tribal connection among diverse cultures, but under sometimes the same arena, whether it's comics or politicians. I'm just we, checking we have a, something. We have a, a, a concept that what's going on behind the scenes of typical logic is that something's operating, something's directing some form of circumstance in which there's uh, ultimately at the end a fatality, tragedy. So what do we have? What do we have to, you know, we have the human effort to fight disease, to keep law and order. We have the, our knees to bend down so we can pray. We have spiritual workers. We have doctors. You know, we're constantly, we have law enforcement. We're constantly in the battle for breath. It's, it's a, it, it, we don't live in a, in a planet that is totally safe. You get in your car, you may die. So Just driving to the store. I'm sorry to backtrack. Can I? Are you going to? I I wanted to look at their birth dates just to see if there's any connection. And in fact, there is. There are connections. It's interesting because it yeah, one twenty four forty nine is Belushi's and two fifteen sixty four is Farley's birth date. So there are a far Chris Farley was twenty eight ten one. Belushi is a 30 equals 3. And their first two numbers are the same. 1, 2, 2, 1, you know, inverted. Both become 3. The number, Chris, I mean, Belushi's number. The, the, Belushi's first and last become a 10. 1, 9, which is part of uh, Farley's karmic number. The, their last numbers become 13, which are the master numbers, the respective master numbers, three and one. So, I mean, you know, they were obviously, there's there's some connection going on between the two of them. And they were both on the same show, obviously. Yeah. And they both had that crazy... Six and four become ten. Crazy. Now, Jack Candy was a little bit more sentimental, a little bit more easier on the senses than the sculpt that people like... Um, you know, there were stunt, they were stunt comics. They, physical they, they were physical down pitfalls and things. John Belushi and Chris Farley, but they had a gracefulness. They were both talented. Um, 
actually Chris Foley is very talented on his feet. And they and they but they they're were frenzied. Both, frenzied would they were both say. crazy. John Candy didn't have that kind of craziness. He was more of a lovable big bear. Yeah, and he died as a result of his own, you know, weight yeah. problems. I mean, yeah. what did he die? A heart attack or something? Something. High blood pressure. I forgot what it was. Um, so, in the in the in the language of of how these two men connected. And how similar they yeah, were. He had a heart attack. Uh, God, he was he was only forty three when he died. Yeah. So, and his birthday is going to be a lot different from the other two. Um, I'm but, trying to find it. I'm finding his death date, not his birth date. But um, it, it it appears as though. We could we could sit here and look at birth dates and analyze them and find com- wonderful comparisons and decipher that there's some basis for numerology. Well, ten thirty one fifty, ten thirty one fifty. Well, the thirty one is the last two. Numbers. Yeah, well, the master numbers. Yeah, thirty one. So I mean, there's connection ten is obviously part of Chris Farley's um, um, karmic. Thing, but hold on. So he had a four, which is interesting because he died of a heart attack. So that's his higher karmic number, fourth chakra. Four fourteen. He was a nineteen ten one. Yeah. Compounded too. But you know, and so that what we're getting back to is, you know, what is the controlling factor of our existence on the planet? What who's holding the levers and the dials and connecting all of this? Did one did God? decree a law and then left and we're all here on our own and he makes special guest appearances you know but once in a while he shows up or is he constant watching us and not always stopping the tragedy letting it slide by what's the deal what, what's going on or is there is no god and we're just basically a construction of DNA, molecules, atoms, planes, motion, and it's up to us to kind of do what we do. I think all of the above may be true. It seems to be that way. So we go on in our lives trying to make sense of it, trying to get the best that we can out of life. Some of us sacrifice more than others. Some of us are more giving than others. And some of us follow uh, different pursuits, more intellectual, others are more personal. Um, but in the long run... <laughs> some of us follow trivial pursuits. <laughs> but in the long run, uh, what what it, what it kind of results in, and a lot of uh, radio hosts connect to this, is our personal destiny. That's basically the heart matter. It's what is our personal destiny? How do we personally take charge? Um, going, getting back to John Belushi, his wife said that she he was going to go out of town or something. She was now seeing a therapist, and she said, I've got to go follow him because I'm afraid if I don't, he's going to die. 
And the therapist said, you need to take care of yourself first. You make a commitment. You sign a piece of paper and make a commitment that you will not follow him and get your life together because you're following a sick man and you're just going to crumble. I know. That disturbed me. That disturbed me because, I mean, while she, you know, a human being cannot be responsible or should not be responsible for keeping someone out of their, you know, addictive addiction when you're in a relationship i mean it's codependent so i understand where the therapist was coming from but ultimately the therapist i mean had she gone with him she he I, probably would have i don't survived at the least through that that's like saying the one who uh poisoned belushi in the hotel room and and um chris farley in the hotel room well just go about and do your errands you don't, you don't need to sit there with them i mean what what kind of a logic is that Yes, we're yes, we have a vital importance to take care of ourselves. But when you're bound to somebody through either a marriage contract or an emotional bond or a loving bond or a friendship bond, you don't abandon. And that goes from soldiers to soulmates. Yeah, and I have to say something. He wasn't the type of drug abuser that want was. I mean, he was. You know, it didn't. It didn't, the documentary did not really detail whether he would abandon her on his binges. It didn't really go into that kind of detail. So someone who is dealing with a drug addict that is, that is disappearing for days on end, I mean, it's difficult. What do you do in that? How, how, do, how do you advise a person in that? Um, we're getting some callers. How do you advise a person in that? in that situation. I mean, I understand where the therapist was coming from. And you can't be codependent and chase somebody around if someone is not being responsible in a relationship to you and is running around doing dangerous drugs and abandoning you as a partner, advising you to stay with that person may not be the best you know, course of action. But I, I, in that case, I really disagreed with the therapist. I did. I felt I like do. had she gone with him, he I would have lived. I, I would have said, don't abandon him. Go, go. He's your love. He's your mate. Go. You don't have to lose yourself in order to go. Yeah. I mean, she was trying to find herself and she felt a lack of her own identity because of his, I mean, he was overwhelmed. She was, but, you know, he was the dominant person in the relationship as far as everything yeah. was about him and his career. And she supported him. Yeah, we have two callers. So um, six, seven, eight. Are you wanting a reading, six, seven, eight? Hi. Um, Hi. Sure. I was calling in to just get a peep, year-end peep. That's it. Okay. A year-end what? And peak. Yeah, oh. a peep. P P E P. P P here in peep. Yeah. Oh, peep coffee. Oh, this is coffee. <laughs> oh, sorry. That's uh, okay. No, nothing to apologize for. Who's this? My name is Sophia. With a P H. Yes. Did we speak with you? Yeah. Have we spoken to you recently? Uh, probably a couple of months ago. Yeah, okay. prior to that, a couple of years. Yeah. Hey, yeah. What's your What's your birthday? Eleven twenty five seventy two. 
Okay. You're 28101. Okay. And I don't remember what we talked about last time you called. Why? I don't, I don't know. Either. Where are you calling from? Georgia. Georgia. You don't remember what we talked Georgia. about last time we called. Okay. No, because normally I don't have a question. I'm just normally like a check-in. Okay. Is there any question that you have right now? Do you just want to check in? A piece? Yeah. yeah. Check in. Yes. Yeah. You have children? I have a child, yes. Yes. The first rule of, of reaction to me has something to do with this child. So there's a connection that maybe this year there may be some changes going on, but they seem to be in your personal world what you would deem to be favorable changes. Okay. So are you close to your child? Yes, I am. And have you been expecting for this year for your child to get out of some complication that maybe this year might resolve that complication? Um, no, I can't take that. You can't take that. Um, no. Has your not child been... Oh. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, you go ahead. I'm listening. Okay. Has your child been in any, any, Sophia, minor to major problem in the year of 2022. Was there anything even minor that she shared or he shared with you? Um, no, she's actually home for the holidays. She lives out of state. Um, actually, I just picked her up from the airport last night. Um, no. Okay, so here's the thing. Mm-hmm. There, there, it, it doesn't, okay, next page, page two. There seems to be something going on in the year 2023 with okay. your daughter that's going to be positive. And, and I do have a daughter, so you're exactly right. I didn't say if it was a boy or a girl. It is a girl. Yep. No, you, you mentioned, said daughter. You mentioned daughter. Oh, I'm sorry. That's not my case. You mentioned <laughs> it. So there seems to be something going on with your daughter this year okay. that's going to be positive. Now, it may result in a um, something to do with a relationship or job. Okay. So if she's if, if if she's is she single? Yes, currently, yes, she is. And does she have any expectations of being having a desire to be married? No, she's her expectations right now are more career focused. Uh, okay, so I said living out of state. Okay. Yeah, I'm, so I said relationship or job. So there's going to be you something. Did. You sure did. In, yeah. So there's going to be something in the job category that will be positive for your daughter. And for some reason, what it does is it it sort of uplifts your spirit. Not that your life has to be dependent on what goes on with your daughter every minute of the day, but there seems to be something that uplifts your spirit in regard to the news your daughter gets uh, regarding her career. So I just want to note that I wrote down career job change. Now, I that could apply to your daughter. It also could apply to you, anything in that category before it was mentioned, by the way. Anything wow. anything going on with your job? No. Nothing, nothing. going on with my, nothing um, negative anyway. I'm just, uh, yeah. 
Same. So it's it's probably related to your daughter. That's why I was getting it. You know, what's interesting, Sophia, about your birth date is that your karmic number is is 28. And it actually appears in your year, 1972. So 27, 72 is inverted, plus the century, 19, which is a 1 when it's reduced, is 28, your karmic number. Your last lifetime, you were a 27.9. So that actually appears in your birth date, not only in your year, but it's broken up in your day. I mean, month and day. In 11.25, do you see that? Okay, I see what you're so saying. Successively, so successively, when you when you return to the planet, you you rise in master and karmic number. So you were 27.9 last time. You're 28.10.1 this lifetime. When you're 56, that will be the doubling of your master number, 28 times two. So you will have a major change then. What is going on here? But you have changes every year. And every every year you have changes. Actually, she's 50. Wait, you just turned 50. I did. So you are on your fifth cycle of 10. So this year, there should be a change going on. There's, there's a major change coming this year. Okay. Who are you? Okay. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, the idea that uh, your daughter's coming in for the holidays, Sophia, amounts uh-huh. to the kind of positive energy. That starts off at the starting gate that there's a sort of positive energy going on because here you have a union with your daughter. Now your daughter returns and there's something that shifts in her job. What does she do? She consults. Well, I had a communication energy level going on. So if she consults, that's communication. I agree. Something will happen there. You get news of it and then it corresponds to your well-being. And then something uplifts you about it. So it seems to be a, a year of good tidings in that regard. There also seems to be some kind of, now this gets a little bit weird, but there's something to do with property. So are your parents still alive? Um, yes, both are. Would you, I'm, you know, maybe it's getting too uh, nosy, but... Would you stand to inherit? No, I have thick skin, yeah, so I can take good, bad, or or whatever you need. Go ahead. Well, it isn't bad. It isn't bad, and it isn't an omen. But would you stand to inherit property upon their eventual, ultimately, uh, dismissal? I would. That is correct. Mm -hmm. That, that, when that day comes, not anywhere around the corner, when that day comes, you will benefit in such a way that that investment will enhance your second breath of life. And it will provide for you a a means in which you can self-satisfy yourself in such a way that you're going to benefit from it. Okay. Okay. So does that seem to make sense to you? Is there enough there that you could benefit when that day comes? Yes, indeed. Yeah. So that, yeah. that will help. Unfortunately, I do get your, your – I don't know, recall the, our past readings, but your numbers suggest that there was a separation 
and you might could be single. Maybe I'm dead wrong. Is that true? That is true. I I am single. The separation that's years ago, but currently, yes, I'm I am single. Yep. Yeah. So your birth date indicates in your lifetime you would have had a divorce, divorce. and that marriage could could have lasted 15 years, or the total connection could have been 15 years. I don't know where we fall on that. You know what? I I don't know exactly, but uh, it, it's in the it was in the teens. You're exactly right. Yeah. So you see, you're following a pattern now. As that what happens in the 25 of your day, it becomes a solid seven in the year. So that becomes rather significant. So there'll be some spiritual energy going on as well. Okay, so we hope we helped a little bit. Very much so, as usual. You guys are awesome. Okay, thank you. Thank you so much. All right, you're welcome. Okay, Jennifer, hi. Hello. Um, I was just wanted to comment on what you were talking about earlier because I just okay. had this discussion with my youngest son. Um, Interesting. So, yeah, I know, it was strange. I don't even know why how it came up, but he said, Mom, if you ever start pooping yourself and you don't even know that you're doing it, I'm just going to put a bullet on your head. I'm just going to shoot you. I said, that's fine. I said, if what? you ever start doing dr- drugs to the point where, <laughs> you know, you, you overdose, I'm not going to give you Narcan. <laughs> so we just left. <laughs> Why? <laughs> Why wouldn't that's... I give him Narcan? Because he's yeah. choosing. Like, he's doing drugs. There's a risk associated with drugs. He's not stupid. And if he wants to be a drug addict and he wants to kill himself with drugs, that's his choice. Well, I mean, I would have to disagree, Jennifer. If he was overdosing in your home, I don't think your kids are going to do drugs. They, I don't, they, they don't strike me as candidates for drug abuse. I, I'm just not well, getting that. Huh? They're not. But if, no, if, if, not. if that was their choice to do something right. like that, I don't understand, like, if people are, you know, and I know that fentanyl, they, they may not even know that they're taking fentanyl because it seems to be laced in everything and it may, it may give them a, a, a reaction that they didn't even know that they were going to have. But I, I just don't understand the whole Narcan thing, which I guess goes back to, you know, leaving John Belushi there. Well, I mean, it, as I said, I don't get the vibe that your kids are those type of, type of young young adults that would get into drugs however if they did i would advise you if they overdosed in front of you to give them narcan i would not let them die i and i don't think you would i mean you probably don't even have narcan in the house though so i mean you 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 wouldn't have that on hand anyway but i would say don't let your child die in front of you because they made a choice to do drugs i would say do everything to save the child uh, why? If, okay, but I don't understand why. Like, like because there's nothing wrong with that. Like, if your life is so bad that drugs are the only thing that get you through the day, you know, why wouldn't death be a perfect solution for you? Well, I mean, I just, I, I don't think. Yeah, I don't, I don't agree. And I, you know, the woman that abandoned John Belushi when he was dying. I mean, I think. And, and she, you know, injected him with his fatal overdose. I mean, she's evil. She's evil, and she should have stayed with yeah, him. That's evil. Yeah, that's evil. She's evil. 
um, I, I would not want someone close to me to die from a drug overdose because I decided to to be passive in a situation like that. I mean, personally, I don't know, Neil, do you want to comment? I mean, like if I was doing drugs and um, I had a fentanyl lace film, there was Narcan, you know what Narcan is? No. It's an indication <laughs> that reverses effective opioids. Oh, okay. So, I mean, if, if we had that in the house because I was a drug addict and I was dying, would you let me die or would you administer the Narcan? No, I mean, you know, it, in the in the mind of a diseased person, the, their whole logic may be filled with disease. And when they come out of disease, there's oftentimes a grateful revelation and there's a renewal of life. And then there are those who, from the get-go, want to die. They want to die. They're in pain. The pain is chronic. We've had a we had a we had a caller that used to call us all the time who had a terrible foot problem due to a misoperation and a bad doctor. And in spite of our efforts, she wanted to die and ultimately committed suicide because the pain was chronic and it was never going to change. Some people want to die. Now, can we judge that? No. Can we judge the idea of how one is taken? You know, uh, Brian Keith, a favorite actor of mine, 80 years old, shot himself in the head. George Sanders said, I'm bored with life. Another actor killed himself. But that's saying, but we're saying, well, in that circumstance, if you are a person that was in the, in the house when that, that individual shot himself, would you render aid or would you let them die? I, you know, it doesn't, in the drama of aid, you know, from the get-go. You wouldn't render aid. What are you talking about? Of, you wouldn't call the am, an ambulance to try to revive the person? I mean, no, no. What I'm saying is, in the in the attitude of life, in it, from the get-go, you. I understand that. No, I'm sorry. From the get-go, you would render aid. Aid. You would be an assistance. Oh. But we don't know the the deeper circumstances of letting somebody go of knowing that the end is there and letting somebody go, not necessarily killing them, but but allowing a passage of letting go. But that's the same thing as the his wife not that to me I, I there's there's that that doesn't agree to me. Because the wife let go. John John Belushi's wife let go. She said, I am not gonna follow you and she went on the advice of her psychiatrist, no, and he would yeah, have otherwise yeah, survived had at least at that time. Maybe he would have died later. Maybe his destiny was to die from drugs. But at that time, he would probably not have died because she would have been with him. So well, I don't, I just don't agree. I well, mean, what do you think, Jennifer? <laughs> she she well, would have wouldn't for the North again. Yeah, well, it depends. It wasn't like John Belushi was like a in the gutter, you know, he, he was, you know, doing things, like living his life. And I, I believe it was probably recreational drugs. He wasn't, and I'm sure he was a drug addict, but not to the point where he's throwing everything else away. Um, he I was throwing was everything the- else away. I mean, they were holding him up. I mean, they said, you know, in production, they would have to hold, have people hold him up. He was so 
out of it. Oh, that's so pretty bad. Drug, well, then, yeah, his drug abuse was not recreational. It was it was chronic. And I mean, I think there was a period where he was drug free, maybe a year, but it was when he was on drugs, it was bad, really, really bad. And obviously, you know, he succumbed to it because it was so pervasive. So he made a choice. And she made a choice. Yeah. I, and, you know, I don't agree with her choice. I mean, personally, I, I don't agree with her choice, but... You know, I mean, everybody makes their choices. If Neil was dying because he was overdosing on drugs and I was there and I could had something to save his life, I would do it. I would save him. I wouldn't die in front of me. I mean, I just wouldn't do that. Yeah. I, I don't think you would. You can say it now, but if the chi- your child that you love was dying in front of you, I think you'd do anything to save that child. I, I don't really know. I, I might just sit with them. I, I wouldn't leave them. Like, I wouldn't leave the house. But I might just sit with them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you know, it, it, it boils down to a, a person's attitude about the circumstances. About the circumstances at hand. What one might do. You might have preconceived ideas, and you may follow through in a situation like that. And, you know, you have to... You have to center yourself and feel where the balance of logic or emotion or passion or rationale is. So I don't think there's a blanket statement. I tend to lean more towards um, Kristen, of course, in terms of the preservation of life. But, you know, um, do we ever get to a point where we have to let go, have to pull the plug? I did a reading with a guy that was tormented because he – pulled the plug on his son when, his, when there was no uh, brain activity. And from the other well, side... Well, years later. Years later. The other side said, the son is okay. I'm happy with it. And it gave this man such peace that it, he let go of any remorse. But, I mean, in that situation, it, we have another caller. I don't know if we're going to get to them. But the mm-hmm. situation, the situation it, with, you know, a, a person overdosing on drugs the problem is that you could be held criminally responsible if you didn't call an ambulance or do, I mean, obviously not everybody has Narcan, but you can certainly, you know, call paramedics. So if you didn't do that, then you could be held responsible criminally, at least in the United States. I don't know what the laws are in Canada, but anyway, that's where it's Oh, no, that's the, what Canada is doing now is instead of like, if you've, you've gotten to the point where, you know, it's going to be really expensive or, you know, you've got, you're really sick. Um, Instead of just doing medically assisted suicide for people who are like stage four and in a lot of pain, they're offering it to almost everybody. It's like, oh, oh, you know, you can't live your life here. Now you can just kill yourself. Wow. Interesting. That's the the answer to the health crisis here. So that's, just just food for thought. Merry Christmas. Happy Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> That's an uplifting show. <laughs> okay. <Yeah. laughs> have, have a good day. <laughs> Bye. Okay, I'm just going to take this call, 817. We don't have time, but we're back on the air on Wednesday. Okay? Okay. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. And we are back on the air on Wednesday 
uh, at 9 a.m. No, we're not back on the air on Wednesday. We haven't scheduled our shows, probably Thursday, Saturday, actually. Um, but we will be scheduling those shortly. Hope everybody has a happy holiday weekend. Bye-bye.